G'day, Laurie. Good to be joining you. Uh, Rocky, is it the great, greatest sporting cinematic franchise in history, do you think? Oh, that's such a tough call. Look, it's, yeah, it's, it's on the Mount Rushmore for sure. It, it really, a, really is. Yeah. As someone who watched them through high school and then watched far too many um, marathons of them through university, they, they retired. And especially when you consider the kick-on as well with, with Creed coming to the fold as well and extending the, the narrative, extending the, the universe. And as we like to talk about movie franchises these days, it's, um, it's, it's something truly special. And, um, and, and I think like some underrated, you know, as much flack as Sly gets over the years through his on-screen performances, um, some really underrated performances there, particularly when in Creed as well, you do see some of that kind of paired back, more stripped down raw mm. version um, of the of the Rocky character, which uh, adds a little depth to it as well. But yeah, the Rocky has a special place in my heart. Um, you know, as much Cold War history and modern history as I did in, <laughs> in high school and university, you know, learning that it was actually Rocky that solved the Cold War and Rocky Four was, you know, really opened opened my eyes. You know, I could change. You can change. <laughs> yeah, all it is, a boxing match. Would have solved all those ills. Uh, Jacksonville 17 over New Orleans uh, 9. Hey, listen, Laura, I want to ask a couple of things. A few massive games this weekend. I think none more so than this clash of the 5-1 teams in Miami and Philly. They're both 5-1. The Dolphins are probably a, a softish run today. Philly probably haven't looked as dominant as they were last year. Who do you like, firstly, and who do you think needs this win more? Well, it's a great question. I'm going to lean towards the Dolphins here. I think at their high points this season, and everyone can point to the 70-point outing against the Broncos, but at their peak, when all things have been, all systems have been go, all engines firing, I think they've had a higher ceiling so far from what we've seen. I think even conversation among Eagles fans and, and people who follow that team have felt that even during you know the undefeated start, obviously that comes to an end with a loss to the Jets, it felt like particularly the passing game, things weren't all always firing and, and perhaps they hadn't hit. Um, there was AJ Brown's been phenomenal, stacking games of 125 yards on top of each other. But the consistency across the board, it was slow start with Dallas, got it. Devontae Smith has come and gone and you know, entered the fray and, and then gone really quiet at times. I think the running game, the offensive line, the tush pushers, they're calling it the brotherly shove. I'm not, I'm not leaning into that one yet. <laughs> that's obviously push. still been going strong. But I think, I think there's some core elements for the Eagles that have still been there. And you start with that offensive line in the ground game and, and games where Jalen Hurts has used his legs more, both setting himself up to pass and just running himself more convincingly. That's definitely been the better side of what we've seen from the Eagles, um, particularly two weeks ago before that loss to the Jets. Uh, but I am going to lean towards the Dolphins, but Dolphins are going to have to have some, some answers on, on defense because the Eagles are going to look at a Dolphins defensive unit that they think, oh, you know what, we can probably bully them a little bit here. Um, they're not, um, whilst Jalen Ramsey is nearing his return, um, they're not a, a totally balanced roster from top to bottom um, on all sides of the ball. They're definitely skewed towards the offensive side. So I expect points. And the thing with the Eagles, you know, I think when we, the reason why, as I said, I think the Eagles perhaps have the physical edge there. I have and I'm not alone in thinking this, um, whilst the Eagles are so stout up front uh, and have so much talent, they roll in their pass rush, uh, the ways and the ways, and they keep adding to the draft, someone like Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith entering entering the fray to join people like, you know, the Hassan Reddicks have stacked massive sack numbers in recent seasons. The back in the pass defense is a little suspect. I think you can get after them through the air, and we know that the Dolphins have both the scheme, the quarterback, and the wide receiver talent to stretch any secondary, and I think the Eagles could find themselves on the back foot there. I think there's plenty of points in this one. 
Um, it is in Philadelphia, but I am going to go with the Dolphins to, to come away with a victory, but that's must-watch TV. You can't can't ask for much more in prime time. Yeah, exactly. Look, we're a third of the way through the season. You know, some surprises, some disappointments. I want to get your thoughts, Laurie. Is there a team that you think, you know, we're sleeping on that might go deep in the playoffs? I think one of the teams that we, that some people are sleeping on, one of the teams that we're watching right now, that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Once again, there's been a game with some turnovers. I feel this could, this could be a, a two or three touchdown lead to the Jags right now. It, it is only eight points against a very frustrating-looking um, New Orleans Saints team. We're already hearing calls from both the fandom, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the broadcast, social media. It is it time for Jameis Winston to be unleashed at quarterback for the Saints as the Derek Carr experience already come to an end? Um, it's a bit of noise, but that, that's kind of the momentum that, or the lack of momentum around the Saints offense. Um, despite some of the name-brand talent they have out there. But I think the Jaguars, um, I think their rush defense has been really good. Uh, again, a secondary that is still coming along in terms of pass defense for Trevor Lawrence playing fantastic football out there four days after we you know, we, we saw him tweak his knee and it was questioned whether he was going to play, and he's looked pretty on point in this one, clearly the best signal caller out there on Thursday night football. But as I cast my eyes across the rest of the standings and a team that we're sleeping on throughout, we... we we spend so much time talking about you know, the Kansas City Chiefs of it all and, and, and the Buffalo Bills and obviously the Jets got plenty of, of, of love throughout um, throughout the offseason well before injuries really took their season in a different direction. But I would circle back to, um, across the board, I would circle back to the LA Rams. I think with Cooper Cup back in the uh-huh. Uh, with Puka Nakua, one of the breakout stars of this season. Have fun watching Matthew Stafford. If you're neutral out there, Rams fan, you know about it. But if you're neutral out there, you're able to catch a bit of Rams action. He's st- standing in there and absolutely slinging it with all the arm talent in the world that he has. Back looking healthy again. So much potency there. They're sitting 3-3, three and three, but Aaron Donald is having some dominant moments. Somehow, I think, um, we, we, we get so, um, as we see, a turnover from the Saints there. I tell you what, what I just talked about, uh, that the calls for Jameis Winston are about to get very loud on your broadcast. So we've got the Jags, I think, with a pick six to extend this to a two-touchdown game. Uh, just doing some live commentary there for a minute. Uh. But back to the Rams, with what you get with those receiving, that receiving call coming back, where Matthew Stafford's playing, uh, some injuries at the running back position, but we, we see Sean McVay able to scheme up some run, some productive run game outings for that Rams team. And then on defense, Aaron Donald making splash plays. We get so used to other new defensive star names in the league. That's like a Micah Parsons, or we spend time talking about Miles Garrett. But Aaron Donald's still making some huge, ferocious-style plays in the backfield. Um, I think there's some underrated young defensive talent. They had so many young rookie draft picks um, that made the roster because they were, you know, the way they've built over the years, they just needed, um, they needed to acquire many, many draft picks on day two and three. Uh, to populate that roster, but they've done a decent job locating talent on that part of the uh, on that part of that three-day uh, talent festival that is the NFL draft. So like the Rams to just be a spoiler, really throw themselves in the mix for the playoffs. Um, and if it was to have to pick one more, this is further up the leaderboard, but I still don't think enough people are talking about the Baltimore Ravens. There's so much upside to that team. Okay. Pass rush is there. The defense is playing at a really good level despite so many injuries. Once again, they're up there in terms of um, you know starting snaps lost to defense over the first month of the season. I lo- sorry, lost to injury over the first month of the season. And we're seeing Lamar Jackson is playing at a very high level. They had some red zone woes last time out. Anytime your kicker is, you know, Justin Tucker, as good as he is, I don't think anybody really wants to see him hitting six field goals in a game. Probably yeah. tells you you're stalling out on offense. But there's so much talent there. A little bit more health, a little bit more rhythm in the new 
the new Todd Monken offense that they've installed there far more pass happy. I think the Ravens, amongst that AFC um, quagmire that we've got at the top there, um, I think they're absolutely ready to, to have a hot run to end, uh, to end their, the regular season and, and set themselves up for a good playoff. All right. Jaguars, Rams, Ravens. We'll keep a close watch on them. Now, I had a question, Laurie, penciled in for your dear friend RJ Achara. He's a mad Cowboys fan, as you know, but I will ask it to you. Cowboys, uh, they've looked mm. really good in some games this year, and then they've had absolute Barry Crockers. Do you think this is the side that are consistent enough to win three or four playoff games in a row? Not right now. No. no, I don't. I don't think that because I don't think... I think with consistency, especially that time of the year when you're playing the best teams and you're facing the best defences, um, consistency comes from cohesion and comes from a really uniform football philosophy flying throughout from the from the front office to the head coach, the quarterback, throughout the rest of the roster. And you're playing in a way that surfaces and puts your talent in the best position to succeed. And I don't think that exists right now with the Dallas Cowboys. And um, RJ's a good friend, and I'll be keen to hear what he thinks. I think with what Mike McCarthy has wanted to do with a very old-school version or a very restricted, quite strict version of the West Coast offense, because what Dak Prescott showed his best at doing, I thought it was a really promising outing for the Cowboys against the Chargers, for Dak Prescott particularly going into the bye after all the noise from the week prior against you know, that hapless showing from the entire team against the San Francisco 49ers. But Dak is best when he's on the move. Dak is best when he runs and and either runs over someone or picks up a first down and feels his blood pumping into the game. He needs to get a dirt stain on his jersey. You don't want to see him getting hurt. Yeah. You don't want to see anything like that. But he does. He's one of those players. And we see that across any football coach. There's some players that once they get in the heat of the contest, once they lay their first hit or once they make their first run or get in the action, it really does kind of focus their play and really brings their, their production up a tier. And I think we saw that both with his legs, both with throwing to run, his comfortability in targeting downfield and being a little more aggressive. I saw that. But I don't know that we're going to get that week in, week out from the Cowboys. And then I think you throw in some of the injuries. I think as good a defensive coordinator as Dan Quinn is, as good as some of the talent is, as elite a playmaker as you have as Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence opposite him on the other edge of that defensive line is playing fantastic elite football. That Trayvon Diggs injury at cornerback really shook up that secondary. They have not been strong as a secondary since then. I think they got away with a couple of big gains against the Chargers where Justin Herbert, not fully fit, missed some open receivers. But that's the worry for me. I don't think, given that the offense I don't believe is going to be consistently dominant because I don't think you have full cohesion there uh, between the head coach, the offense, the scheme and the quarterback, and just those losses on defense to someone like Trayvon Diggs causing a ripple throughout your back end, I just don't think they're at that point where they can make that big run. Now, things can change after the bye. Maybe they have a look. They go deep in the tape. Maybe they'll look at what's working and go, right, okay, this is what we thought. This is what we know now. Let's lean into it. Um, let's let's lean into what's working best for us. Then we can change the conversation. But as it stands now, no, I don't think they're on that tier. I love that. Needs a dirt stain on the jersey. You know, you think about you and the cricket whites back in the under-14s, a lot of the grass stains on the knees, of course, sliding to save the boundaries. Laurie, just on that, I know you love your cricket. Can I run this by you before I let you go? I've named my greatest ever uh, Australian ODI World Cup team, all right? I'm going to run it by you, and you tell me what you think. I'm opening with Gilchrist and Mark Waugh, Ponding at three, Clark at four, Steve Waugh five, Bevan six, Simon seven, Warren, Lee, Stark, McGrath. Anything you'd have, or anyone you'd have? Warren, Lee, Stark, Stark, McGrath. I reckon they pick themselves the bowlers. The, the, it's 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 so funny hearing Stark, it, and, and it's absolutely merited, but hearing Stark's name thrown in there, considering just 
the, the attacks that we heard McGrath and Warren line up with over the years, whether that was Gillespie or whether that was you know, going back to you know, like Paul Rifle. I know someone like Andy Pickle's not going to make a run in this team, but obviously a soft spot um, with some of his throws. Over the years. No, I think <laughs> He's that, popular I think today, that, Andy Bickle, I can tell you. I, it, well, look, I mean, it's such a unique career, Andy Bickle. So workmanlike, yeah. you know, from everything from his bowling action, the way how hard he ran in, how hard he hit the crease. Um, I think of someone like... It, it, through that middle order, did you did you mention Michael Bevan? Yes, absolutely. Yes, of course. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that I was my my mind was said. No, I think you've got a pretty a pretty sound lineup there. Look, it's a loaded cast. We I can't tell you how many times the ESPN office divulges into us looking back at the the mid nineties Australia A yeah. team. Yeah. What the, the the warning sounds that that was for the rest of world cricket for what was to come, despite that Australia already held such a strong place in world cricket at that time. And then you go look at so many of those names there, particularly the Pontings, the Langers, um, Damien Martin eventually, um, that were, were lining up in that Australia A squad and the dynasty that was about to be unleashed on world cricket. But no, I think you, you're pretty solid there. That's a lot of nostalgia hitting. Um, and, uh, and you're probably sending me into a Friday afternoon YouTube dive. Uh, into <laughs> yeah. I, I was just watching Reggie Ponting's sixes in the final of the 03 World Cup. It's beautiful. Uh, SPN, you spitball at nine is cricket. It sounds like my kind of workplace. Always good to chat, Laurie. Thank you, mate. Have a great weekend. Always a pleasure. Thanks, mate. There is Laurie Horish from ESPN. <laughs>